Some of the most generous people have no money. Some of the wisest people have no education. And some of the kindest people were hurt the most. Steve Wentworth. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. You can subscribe to the show on all of the major social networks, including Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can also subscribe anywhere podcasts are distributed. This includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. Some of the most generous people have no money. Some of the wisest people have no education. And some of the kindest people were hurt the most. Steve Wentworth. Are you waiting to be rich to be generous? Are you waiting to be educated to be wise? And are you waiting until you're not hurting anymore to be kind? These are some pretty sobering questions that we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about whether or not we are even capable of kindness and generosity and wisdom and whether we can even do that if we don't have an abundance of those things. Because I, I do genuinely think that life can be a trap in some ways, you know, where, where we can trick ourselves into thinking that we don't have anything to offer because we don't have an abundance of something. But like most things that are real and that operate in the real world, it's a paradox. You know, and a paradox is when something appears to be one way when it's actually the complete opposite. And <clears throat> we can assume that an example of a paradox would be some a like a teaching. Let me let me kind of touch on that a little bit. A paradox would be in order to gain your life, you must lose it. That's an example of a paradox. So in other words, if you want to gain your life, you have to lose it. And that was one of the things that, you know, that Christ said. And then the, the, the paradox is um, if you spend all of your time obsessing about having a life, then you actually sabotage your ability to have a life, you know, and, and that's, I think, I think all of the real lessons in life do operate on this level, you know, or many of the, many of the life lessons operate on this level is that we we put up artificial barriers for ourselves. And it's mostly based on our expectations and how we want things to go. And if we don't and if we create unrealistic and unnecessary expectations on our life or on the lives of others, we really sabotage all of it. You know, it's it's best to have goals and no expectations. And it, and it's a lot easier said than done. It's good to have a goal. Let, let's say, hey, I want to I want to have this job in a day or a week or a month or a year. But it's a, one thing to say I want to have this thing. It's quite another is I expect to have this job in a day, week, or month or year. They're two completely different attitudes. 
because the second one is almost egotistical and narcissistic. It's like, I deserve it. I, I, it should be given to me. I, it's mine. It's, it's all about me, right? That that's the, that's the egotistical approach to a goal. <clears throat> but, um, the realistic goal is I, I, I hope to, I'm aiming for that. And this is what happens is when you have when you have reduced expectations or realistic expectations about reality is you tend to not be as dissatisfied in your everyday life. And so trap uh, expectations are a trap. I think expectations on almost every level are a trap. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. And a buddy of mine a long time ago told me this and he said, you know, expectations are the root of all heartache, you know, and, you know, where people are angry, bitter and resentful, it's always almost always where their expectations weren't met. I mean, think about if you're in a relationship or have ever been in an intimate relationship, the time you are angriest at your spouse or your partner is when they didn't meet your expectations, whether that be physically, emotionally, spiritually, you had an expectation that was not met. And this expectation thing, I really think is, is damaging and prideful. And, and I fall into this trap all the time. I set unrealistic expectations for life. And the reason they're a barrier is because it, if, if you have rigidly defined outcomes in your mind that have to go a particular way, you're asking that reality conform to your thoughts. Do you realize how ludicrous that is? Just think about that for a moment. Reality, in all of its complexity, with all of the 7 billion people on this planet, your expectations are asking that all of reality and all of its laws and all of its laws of nature and all of its laws of, of cause and effect conform to your timeline on how things should go. <laughs> wow. I, I'm just amazed. As I was as I was saying that out loud, I'm like, I'm amazed how ridiculous this sounds and how much I do it. I am so guilty of this. I am so rigid in my expectations sometimes that it's no wonder that I have days, weeks, or months where I'm miserable and unhappy. It's like, well, yeah, dude, sorry. Reality is not con going to conform to your expectations. That's that's not how this works. The world is a is a, we live in a universe of rules and laws. There are moral laws and there is there are physical, actual physical gravity and mathematical laws. And there are laws of cause and effect. Perfect example of a law of cause and effect. You can't walk out today into your backyard and pick corn or tomatoes. Unless you planted corn and tomatoes. That's a that's an example of the, the law of cause and effect. If we don't do one thing, then the other thing will never happen. I can't walk into my backyard and expect to be able to pick plants I never planted. So there are rules to this world that we live in. 
And unfortunately, we don't know all the rules. We have glimpses of, of and we can be, we can invest ourselves into statistical pro, uh, cause and effect. In other words, just because I planted the seeds, it doesn't mean it's guaranteed to grow in my backyard. What if I plant them in the winter? Well, I, that's obviously violating a rule of growth. So we kind of have to find a way to conform to the world around us. Not kind of, we do. We have to find a way to conform our expectations and in, in root them in realistic expectation, in realism, in reality. If we don't do this, be prepared to be angry, bitter, and resentful all the time. For your entire life, even. Children suffer with this. Children are really good, though, at letting go of their expectations, so I, I appreciate that. But genuinely speaking, children have a tendency to want to the rules of nature not to exist. You know, they, they don't want to have to actually work for something. They would prefer just magically show up, which is understandable. That's what I'd love to happen, too. But unfortunately, we live in a, in a world that has rules. <laughs> and... And I say unfortunately, but it is also a good thing because once we know the rules, we can invest ourselves into adopting and implementing those rules to the best of our ability, and we can hope to harvest the benefits of that, right? Once you know the rules of the game. So you can try to in increase your odds of success. And so we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, but we've already reached the ad spot time wisdom worth knowing is brought to you by amazon audible if you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time then audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you with audible listening is the new reading you can pop in your earbuds and discover the next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any pc mac android alexa or apple device and check this out because you listen to this show for a limited time you can get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from audible's premium plus catalog completely free just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial that's right for 30 days you'll get full access to audible's premium plus catalog as well as an additional free title of your choosing if you discover audiobooks aren't for you no problem you can cancel instantly online that's it it's that simple two years ago audiobooks began to change my life and they may change yours too so pause this podcast and head over to audible that's a-u-d-i-b-l-e dot wisdomworthknowing.org and sign up right now for this limited time offer for my listener listeners so let's get back to this expectation thing let's break apart those expectations and let's transform them into goals that to me is the first thing we have to do. We have to we have to say, okay, I have this expectation of how I things I want things I, how I want things to go. So let's transform that into a realistic goal instead. Let's say, hey, this is how I'd like them to go. So I'm going to do all of these things to try to move myself in that direction so I can obtain that goal. But I'm not going to expect things to go well because in reality things don't go well. Things fall apart. Unexpected things happen. Things don't always go the way we hope. We don't always know what external factors may affect it. There's just a lot of things that can go wrong. So I'm going to have no expectations, but I'm going to have goals that I'm going to aim for. And hopefully, the, the, if we do have any expectation, it's just going to be an expectation of progress. That at least if you compare 
where you were a day, week, month, or year ago to where you are now, your expectation at the, at the very least should be that you've hopefully taken one or two steps forward toward your goal, right? So you've progressed. That's a very loose expectation, which I think is, is healthy. So some of the most generous people have no money. And the reason I'm, I'm pointing this out is because if you expect or you need reality to conform to you, in order for you to start being generous, <clears throat> you don't realize that many people who are generous are generous because they have no money. You know, this is one of those paradoxes. You know, it's it, or they've had money and they've lost it and they understand the importance and significance of having it. And if you don't have money to be generous with, at least you can be generous with your time or your energy or with your attention. You can be generous in your behavior. You can have good manners. You can listen to people. But some of the most generous people do. They, they, they understand the value of something because they don't have it. And so that's, that's one of those paradoxes. And so if you're expecting and waiting to be ultra wealthy before you're generous, well, you're missing out on a good opportunity to be generous and to pour into people's lives. Some of the wisest people have no education. This is true. I mean, I, there's a pretty regular saying that floats around our offices. The more letters you have after your name, the harder it is to talk to you sometimes. You know, it's like, it's amazing how credentials tend to educate common sense out of people. Now, I'm not saying there's no value in credentials, that there's absolute value in pursuing higher education, but there is a trap there too, like an arrogance almost, or a, or a lack of wisdom, a lack of, um, I should say lack of wisdom because that is the quote, but there's a lack of uh, humility almost that comes with the title and the prestige. And, and that's another one of the paradoxes. It says the wisest people have no education. Well, that's because the wise people or people who have a tendency to be wise aren't compensating for their lack of wisdom with titles. The wisest people know how the world works. That's why employers bank so heavily on people with experience rather than education. They'd prefer to have both. But it's, it's really almost impossible to replace experience or replicate it because wisdom comes from experience. Because that's where things are messy. You know, when you're in a controlled environment in higher education, things aren't messy. Like, you have all the variables. It's all theoretical, you know? If something inconveniences you, you just change the variable, consciously or unconsciously. And then you kind of, like get trapped into this oversimplification of complex issues. And then when you get in the real world, all of that flips over upside down in its head. Complex and dramatic issues rear their ugly head, especially in the workforce or in home life. And you can't just shove them aside as if there's some kind of a mathematical theory. You literally have to deal with it. <laughs> and experience proves like, if you have four years of experience, it's like 
you survived four years in this market. And when I say survived, it means you endured hardships, the setbacks, the disappointments, the, the ugly reality that kind of makes its way into unmet expectations and disappointments. So you've gained wisdom, which for me, wisdom is the application of knowledge to reality. But in order to become wise, you have to, first of all, be honest enough to realize that there is a reality that is happening to us. It's kind of like I said earlier in this video, like we have to find out where our expectations can conform to the real world because we live in a rule, a world of rules. And we cannot ask the, the world to conform to our expectations. And so wisdom is obtained by taking this theoretical knowledge, implementing it into the world, and then having it all fall apart. <laughs> and then being honest and saying, okay, this all fell apart. Why? What can I do different? How can I adjust the theor theoretical to conform to reality? And that's where that wisdom comes in. So that's why some of the wisest people have no education, because wisdom you can obtain regardless of education. Now, if you have an education, your, your experiments into reality can be more informed, more well thought out. They can be rooted in what other people have done in the past, so you have more, you have more education in that area, so you have more theories to try. And then when you try those theories and... You, you probably have a better chance of success of them going well the first time, or at least not being a complete catastrophic failure. So that's the nice thing about education is it, it does give you a, a better starting point for a lot of ideas. But it doesn't give you wisdom. And, and there's people without educations who, who have the school of hard knocks. And what that means is you got beat around a lot. Reality beat you up. But you they jumped back into the fight. And then they got beat back and then they jumped back into the fight. So they obtained wisdom by brute force. And there's millions of successful people who have done this without a formal education. Like this does not, I believe education has a lot of value in that you, you understand its role in existence. Its role isn't to, to replace wisdom. It's to maximize your ability to adapt and obtain wisdom. That was the purpose of education, in my opinion. And that's still the purpose of education. It's to, to gather information and, and, and strategies and skills and knowledge so that when you go out into the real world, you can start hopefully from a stronger position to learn faster and to obtain wisdom faster. But that's not how it's sold these days. It's sold as a cultural idea. Education is sold as an idea that it replaces your need for experience. And it's like, well, no, 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 no. That's, that is not what it is. It is the, actually, if you sell it as that, you betray the whole purpose of education. And then you, you raise an entire 
segment of the population and these young people who have no real world experience yet because they're young, you, you derail their expectations about how the real world works. And then you tell them for four years, it's like, well, if you just live in this theoretical world for the rest of your life and then go into the workforce and still live in your theoretical world, things will go well for you because you have the education. It's like, well, no, no wonder kids are angry and disenfranchised when they get out of school because they thought they were done. But I'm sorry to break it to you. When you get out of school, you're just getting started. You still need to endure that first four to eight years of abuse. And I don't mean abuse by your employer. I just mean abuse by reality. <laughs> you'll walk into these work environments and you'll think things are going to go a certain way. And you'll have, what do we talk about? Expectations. And guess what? Reality will come down like a hammer on you. And then you've got two choices. You can either say, hey, wow, now is the time to obtain wisdom so that I can take my education and and apply it to this failure or unmet expectation. And then I can adjust and adapt and learn to overcome these problems. And you could do it rapidly at that point, hopefully, because you've got four years of foundation to work off of. So, so some of the wisest people have no education because there's a wisdom and in, in, in knowledge, com completely different schools of thought, completely different things. They have a significant crossover. And if you can maximize the good in both, then I think that you can really be quite effective in whatever career you choose. But, but be willing to have your, be, will, be open to reality, destroying your theoretical world, and then adapt. And if you learn to do this at whatever position you, you walk into, you'll be unstoppable. You will. You'll just be unstoppable because everything that all of your theories will become will will become tangible and applicable to everyday life. Because they're not just theoretical, they actually have a utility to them at that point. Wisdom makes education useful, I guess I should say. And finally, some of the kindest people were hurt the most. Now, this, this is fascinating to me. You know, I really had to think about this one. The kindest people were hurt the most. Another paradox. When you know the wounds that hatred and viciousness and abuse can cause when you understand because because you've been hurt significantly by somebody else when you really understand the kind of damage that can do that is a powerful asset it, it sucks that you went through that whatever that abuse was or whatever that lack of kindness was but it gives you intimate knowledge of how important it is for for people to be kind to each other and and i think kindness is is difficult when things go really well for you all the time because you you tend to not empathize with people very well when your life's your life is going well all the time when when you've always had it so good you you forget how much 
you forget how much damaging words, attitudes, and behavior can really, really set you back and demotivate you and demoralize you. But when you've been on the receiving end of this kind of abuse or this kind of, of disgusting behavior, you, you know how valuable it is just to, to be nice to somebody, to be kind. It's another one of those paradoxes. And I hate that I hate that this is a reality of the human condition, but we, we do not appreciate things we've always had. We take things for granted. I talk about that on the show a lot. I, I, hate, I hate that we take things for granted. It, I, I don't fully understand it. Why, why? I mean, I understand it on a biological level, on a chemical level, the, the craving of novelty. I, I, I understand all that. But I just I don't understand why it's so difficult to really just remember. It's like, dude, things could be so much worse. No matter like in most life situations, we get so whiny and stomp our feet. It's like you don't need to look very far to see just how much worse it could be. Sometimes you just look out your window. Sometimes you just look down, walk down the street. You can turn on the news if you want some perspective on how things could be significantly worse for you. But this, this, this pain that people endure, it humbles us. I hate it. I hate that it requires pain for us to have humility and it requires suffering for us to, 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 to be empathetic. But man, I am at my worst when things are going well. I hate to say it. I, I, I just, I, I, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I, I would pre- I would probably say when I've been at my worst, it's generally under circumstances where I'm spoiled or I've been spoiled for a for an amount of time. And and it really ir- irks me to know that if everything went well for me tomorrow on and my life was amazing every morning when I woke up, it really annoys me that I know for a fact if that happened to me, I would probably become a monster. That's a very sobering thought for me. If I did not have pain and suffering, and if if bad things didn't happen to me, I would be an arrogant, proud, egotistical jerk. I genuinely believe that. And I hate that I believe that. I'd like to think I'm better than that, but it's like, man, anytime I things go really well for me, I have a tendency to think too highly of myself. Thinking about, oh, well, this is because I'm a genius and I've made all of these things happen for me, which is insane, by the way. But but that's that's where my head goes. And it's like some of the kindest people were hurt the most. And it's like, I really hate that it's true that we have to experience pain and hardships for us to be decent humans. But maybe you're one of those people who can do it well. And, and, and I still feel like if you are, you came from a place of pain and that's why you're good at it. But for a lot of us, we, I, this, this constant reality happening to us and, and, and pain and suffering happening to us is, is a, actually, an, it keeps us humble. It's a necessary component of our lives to keep us loving other people well. And it's one of those paradoxes in my experience. Like, I, I do need to suffer every once in a while in order for me to be somewhat useful 
to other humans and not become self-indulgent and a jerk. Maybe you're different, but from my observations, that's how I am. And and so if you've been hurt, <laughs> I hate to throw it out there that like, oh, well, good for you. You're under, you're suffering. Congratulations. You're going to be a better person. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Platitudes, platitudes, platitudes. Nobody likes those, but it, it's like, uh, it's kind of true though. So anyway, this has been a fun episode. Thank you for joining me today. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. Before you go, though, please like, share, and subscribe on your favorite social network. That helps feed the algorithms. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. It'll help the show grow. You can also leave a five-star review wherever podcasts are distributed. So please consider doing that because that also feeds the algorithms and helps the show grow. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. My listeners can sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. Consider doing that. That will help the show grow. You can visit the website at wisdomworthknowing.org. Some of the most generous people have no money. Some of the wisest people have no education. Some of the kindest people were hurt the most. Steve Wentworth. Thank you so much for joining me today again. And until tomorrow, let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today. Because that's all we can do. Have a great day.